You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Carmelina Bikino, and today we have David Maxwell tuning in from Launceston. Welcome, David. Hi, Carmelina. How are you going? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. That's good. All right, so we are back for another episode of Are You Listening? I'm very mm. much enjoying this um, series of yours. And as always, we have a proverb from you for our listeners this morning. Yes, we do. Today, it's quite a long proverb. I've got a number of verses I want to share, and there's a good reason for that. So mm. I'm going to share Proverbs chapter 8, 22 to 31. It says, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. Mm. It says, the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. Now, this is speaking about wisdom as like an entity, as a person. That's um, to help you understand what it's talking about. Hmm. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While there was, while as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world. So the very, very beginning mm. before anything. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits, so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. I love this description of wisdom, mm. um, almost like it's a person. And, and, and I also love the way that God's creations defined and described through these, these verses and how he, he it, you know, it's very clear that the earth, before the earth was even made, but it actually describes that the earth was made, mm. you know, and all the other things that God made and did. And we're going to look at this next week a little bit more detailed. But I just really liked this proverb mm. because at the very end, it shows that God's ultimate joy is seeing men and women also gain wisdom. Mm. I thought that was really, really good. Yeah. So that's the one I wanted to share with you today. Oh, I love it. I love finding some new um, proverbs as well, because I don't think I've heard that one before. Mm. Yeah, so that was that was very nice to hear. And I think it's very fitting for today's title for the episode. Um, yes. Yeah, God, the universe, God, the universe and, everything. and everything. Part one. <laughs> oh, I'm very excited. And of course, if you have missed any of our past episodes, this is the third one in this series. You can go and listen to the one. Uh, you can go back and listen to them on the Faith FM website and on the Faith FM app. Before, be sure to download it on your tablet or device. So today we're looking at God, the universe, and everything. That seems to be a very mm. big topic. It is. <laughs> yeah. So yes, look today. What what I want to do in mm. this series? I want to continuing 
um, continue the series and the thought of are you listening? Mm. Uh, I want us to actually uncover something that perhaps we haven't heard before. I want to look at God, the universe and everything, and, and this is a two-part section. Mm. And in this first section, I want to look at what is God really like? Mm. And then next week, I want to look at what he's created, well, at least what we can observe. Mm. Uh, but first, before the break, perhaps... Mm. Our listeners would like to uh, text in their response or views of the topic as we unfold it. I'm sure there's lots you want to say about the universe, <laughs> God, uh, everything. Uh, I don't know if you remember Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This was a, a movie mm. uh, way back in the 90s, I think, or 80s. And and it said that there was an answer, 42, and the 42 was the answer to um, the universe and everything. There mm. was another part of that. I can't remember what it was. But really what we're looking today at is is God, the universe, and everything. Mm. And so first part of that is really, well, what's God like? Mm. Uh, who's God like? So what I want to ask as the, the uh, question, we've started talking about wisdom today. Mm. And so my my question is sort of related to wisdom. Was there a time when you made an unwise decision? And if you did, what happened? And what did you learn from it? So mm. try and make that as brief as you can. But for <laughs> me, I always like to share, maybe to get your, your mind thinking a little bit, like to share my experience with whatever the question is. Mm. And you might, you might have something too we can ask you in a minute, Carmelina. <laughs> uh. So <laughs> if you're willing to share yep, unwise yep. decisions. No, fine. So what happened? For me, it was uh, in, a, in a, leaders, a leadership position, mm. not fully understanding, still coming to grips with what leadership was. Mm. And I made the mistake of pushing rather than leading. And what I mean by that is making my agenda um, the agenda of other people. Yes. And to me, that that really didn't turn out very well. Mm. It uh, it worked to the <laughs> to the opposite effect. Actually, it, it created a lot of resistance and rebellion and heartache. Mm. And uh, and in the end, in the end, what uh, was really important was that I learned how to be a better leader, mm. how, how not to push people, how to. Um, encourage them to walk beside them, not walk behind them and push them at the front, um, but to walk beside them and sometimes in front of them and, and show by example what it meant to be a leader. And I, I've learned a lot from those experiences. Mm. And look, we make mistakes in the past. It's important we learn from them and go forward. Mm. So, listener question again. <laughs> Yes, our listener question this morning is a tough one. Was there a time when you made an unwise decision? What happened and what did you learn from it? Um, Do you have one? I, you know, there's been so many. It's <laughs> <laughs> human, isn't it? I, I tend to do things before I think um, quite <laughs> often, and I don't take that time to really consider. But I've also learned that I'm somewhat of a... <laughs> I'm someone who gets decision paralysis as well. So if I overthink too much, I won't do anything. So I guess, you know, there's been many times I've made mistakes and I've thought about it later and I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I can't really pinpoint one right now. (laughs) But I guess (laughs) too many, too many, too many. It's Uh, it's not, you know, it happens. Life, life happens. And um, it's how you grow as a person. It really is. It really is. Um, One of the, 
biggest areas I've grown probably uh, employment-wise when I used to work in in labs and stuff was I learned how to keep cool, keep really Ooh. cool under pressure. And, Ooh. you know, so much chaos will be happening around me and I'll just be like, I'm fine. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's I think the main thing I learned from those experiences is work the problem, like, don't don't blame don't point fingers don't do anything like that just work the problem never mm. never take things personally it's never your mm. your fault directly there's always something else happening so it's contributed to yeah it. so even mm. when you make a mistake um there's usually you've done everything you can with the knowledge that you had at the time mm. so when even if you do make a mistake i've i've always seen them as learning opportunities so i try and always move forward from it and i try not to dwell in it which is very easy to do as well you get so mad at yourself and mm. you just want to stay mad <laughs> and yeah. and sit in yeah. the anger but you got to keep moving life goes on um yeah but yeah there's been many times i've made um, unwise decisions I like that word. Yeah, um. look, I heard a really good saying, and, mm. and I think it's a great saying. They say you've yeah. got to learn from the mistakes of others yes, because life is too short to make them all yourself. I like that. And I thought that's really good. <laughs> but we do. We, we mm. look at the lives of others. We look at their mistakes. We're easy to point them out. But, yeah. But we, we need to actually see those mistakes and go, hey, that's something I should make sure I don't repeat. Mm. But we often feel like we're above other people. Yeah. And we say, oh, I'm never going to do that. You know, oh. I'm not like that. <laughs> and, you know, when we feel like that, it, sometimes those mistakes help to bring us back down to earth. Yeah, absolutely. We need, we need humbling. Um, and yes. I love how you said that because I've heard a similar, it's very similar, it's the same point to what your, your, your saying was, but it mm. was... Um, yes, we learn from our mistakes, but true wisdom is learning from the mistakes of others. So yeah, okay, being okay. observant and looking around um, and mm. seeing what's happening mm. around you. Absolutely. Well, let's hear from you this morning. Um, if you're willing to share, this is a tough one. Was there a time when you made an unwise decision? What happened and what did you learn from it? Text in this morning on 488 880891. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to understand and gain an insight, you know, more insight on um, how to be more wise, I mm. guess, because the more we share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned from it, the more everyone can benefit from it. So mm. is there something that you've learned in your life and you want to tell us about it? We'd love to hear from you this morning. It is now time for a break. This first song is More of You by Trevor Thompson.
Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we have David Maxwell on the topic God, the Universe, and Everything, Part One. Before the break, we had a listener question for you, which was Was there a time when you made an unwise decision? What happened and did you learn from it? Text us in on 0488880891. We would love to hear from you this morning. So, David, we're back from the break, and mm. um, we're continuing your series, Are You Listening? Um, and so before the break, you said that today you wanted to really look at what God is like, mm. and the next week, um, what he created and what we can observe, or that we yeah. can observe. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, as we get started today, how can we know anything about someone or something that no one's ever seen? Mm, yeah, look, that's a really good question. And it's why we've spent some time in the Bible in the previous weeks verifying that the Bible is God's word to us and we can we can know him mm. because of the Bible and through the Bible. So as I said before the break, we're going to get uh, to understanding more about God and who he is. And as we do, I think some people may be a bit surprised. But first, we're going to read the passage that we're looking at. Mm. And uh, and I'm going to pray before we do that. So mm. let me pray. Okay. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that we are able to still have your word today and your words. And we're able to read them as we read them today. Lord, please give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today we've got a whole chapter to read. All right. And it's not a big one, though. <laughs> Could you read Psalms 148? I love the, some of these Psalms. They're just fabulous. And it's in the New King James, please. Absolutely. Psalms 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Praise him, um, the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth. You great sea creatures and all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and is above the earth and heaven, and he is exalted he has exalted the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, of the children of Israel, a people near to him, praise the Lord. Mm, thanks, Carmelina. No I feel that, that that chapter really encapsulates 
God, mm. um, how big God is, and everything that He's done and He's created. So it really encapsulates creation. But we'll, we'll look de- more deeply at that. But I wanted to look at the the essence of the verse that really, uh, or the chapter that really points to who is God. You know, how mm. great is God? He's not just this little being over in the corner somewhere that's done something in the past, but He He has. Um, exaltation and glory above all these things, and mm. I think that's fantastic. So, I wanted to start with an illustration called "The Father I Thought I Knew." Mm. For the latter part of my youth and most of my adult life, I really misunderstood my own father. Mm. I, I, I thought he was quiet uh, and then very grumpy at times, and sometimes um, really angry and violent. However, that was before I really got to know him. Um, Towards the end of his life, I got to know the man he really was. And yes, he could get angry. And I guess I had some marks on my bottom to show that (laughs) from when I was younger. But he was also kind, gentle, loving, and he was so knowledgeable. I wish somehow we could have downloaded all the information that dad had in his head. Um, you know, he used mm. to store up newspapers. So he'd read a newspaper about three times. Oh, wow. He'd get the paper. He'd just flick through it and put it on the side. And then he would go through it another time and he would underline everything that he thought was important that he wanted to keep. And the third time he would tear out all of those important articles, read them fully, and mm. he would store them. Oh, wow. So in 2000 and let me think if I get this right, 2003, it was about, uh, 2005, sorry, it was about 30 years from when Cyclone Tracy happened. Mm. And I was going to Darwin and I wanted to um, get some information about, uh, you know, Cyclone Tracy and what had happened, what it looked like. And I asked him for a particular article. You know, he went into those boxes in the garage Mm. and it took him two weeks, but he found the article and he sent it to me. That's the original article from the newspaper. Wow. And I still have it. Fascinating. He was such a knowledgeable man. Mm. I I never would have known that, though, if I hadn't forgiven the past, which, Mm. you know, really we only know one side of the problems that happen Mm. in, in people's lives. And, and moved on, gotten to know him as a man in his own right. And I feel the same can be said for God. You know, many people, including myself, have at times had a very distorted picture of who God is. That's our view of God. It's not necessarily what God is like. Mm. And it's not until you start to really dig into the Bible that you uncover a lot of the backstories to many of these events. And they can appear quite baffling till you do dig into it a little bit. So, of course, as the Bible says itself, no one has seen God at any time except Jesus. That's in John 1.18. So, if no one's seen God, the Father that is, your question before was very, very valid. Well, how can we know what he's like? Mm. Well, for one... God the Father himself has given us a very thorough description of what he's like, and we're going to read that a little bit later uh, in Exodus 34, 5-7. But John also says that Jesus has declared him to us in John 1, 18. So what is God like? Well, first and foremost, above everything else, God is love. And it says that in 1 John 4, 8. I just want to read that. Mm -hmm. And it says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. This is one of the key 
messages that John wants to bring out when he's writing in the Bible. So he mm. writes three letters. He writes an apocrypha, um, so uh, uh, an apocryphal book, if you like, mm. uh, in Revelation, explaining who Jesus is. But he also writes the, the story of Jesus, the gospel. And throughout those books, he tries to bring out firstly that God, that Jesus is God, but also that, that God is love. Mm. So to better understand this for me, this this topic, he says, God is love, for me, it's like saying God is might, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and that means he's the epitome of power and might. That's God. He's it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's mightier. He's the source of might. That helps me to understand what the Bible's saying about being love, not just loving. Yes, he's loving. But this verse tells me that love originates with God. No one or no thing can love more than God because he is the source of love. Mm. So there's no verse in the Bible that says God is power or God is justice or God is anger, even though that's some of the characteristics that we see displayed of God. But it does say God is love. Mm. He is this thing. So how can we comprehend this kind of a characteristic of God if we can't see him? Mm. Well, clearly, we can comprehend it through his actions. Mm. So one of the most popular and well-known verses in the Bible is John three sixteen, and it gives us a really practical example of what this love looks like. Could you read that for us, please, Carmelina? Absolutely. And this is the New King James Version. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So thanks, Carmelina. Um, His love is so great that God died for us as Jesus. Mm. But then he went back to heaven and he lives again in bliss while mankind continues to live in despair. Mm. Big deal. Big deal, people say. Mm. Well, yes, it is a big deal. Let me read a couple of verses just before. Look, you've got uh, John 3.16 there. Could you read John 3.14 for me, please? Yes, I can. John 3, chapter 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now, that might not sound like much to you, but Mm. to understand what Jesus is saying here, man, I'm going to run out of time here. (laughs) Never mind. To understand what Jesus is saying here, in John 3.14, he's actually talking about an event that happened with Moses and the children of Israel. They're just about to reach the Promised Land. They Mm. go past the Red Sea again. God has said none of those rebellious people are going to go in, only your children, Mm. and they're about there. And so there's some of the people are still rebellion, rebelling and they're going like, when are we going in? Mm. See, God said we weren't going in. We're just about there. We're going to go in anyway. They're rebelling against Moses. And God sends poisonous snakes into the camp to mm. punish them and to, um, to have them turn around, I guess, to humble them. Mm. And uh, as the snakes are biting people, they become really desperate that they're dying. These are poisonous snakes. Mm. And as they're, 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 they're calling out to Moses, God tells Moses, make a bronze serpent and put it on a stick mm. and take it uh, in through the camp. And as you walk through the camp, as you walk through the camp, all people have to do is look and they will be saved. Mm. When you read in... 2 Corinthians 5.21, 
So Jesus is referring to that. He's referring to himself mm. as a serpent or as a snake. And, and that's really unusual. So you've got to do a bit more digging. Mm. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, it says this. It says, For he, that's God, made him, that's Jesus, mm. who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Mm. So he takes our sin on himself so much mm. that it, he identifies with sin itself. And this is what the love of God is like. Mm. There's other verses in Ezekiel that show and back this up, that God loves us so much that he puts himself in our place so that he becomes sin, he dies for that sin, and then we can actually live, we can have that righteousness that mm. God wants for us. So in Exodus uh, 34, <laughs> I'm so far beyond time here. That's okay. In Exodus 34, 5 mm. to 7, God actually says that um, what he's really like. But I think we're going to have to take a break and come yeah, back to this. We section. can read that after the break. That's not yeah, a problem. Just to remind you all of our listener question, when was there a time when you made an unwise decision? What happened and what did you learn from it? Text us in on 0488880891. And also we have our free book offer coming up later in the program, Journey Through the Bible Part 2, From Psalms to Malachi. This next song is Anchor of Hope by Ellie Helcom. Marvelous, wonderful, infinite God Author of all that is good Faithful provider and giver of life Source of all power and love Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we have David Maxwell on his series, Are You Listening? And we're talking about God, the universe and everything, part one. So David, before the break, you we were talking about how Jesus loves us and how much God loves us and how Jesus took our sin. Mm. Tell us more about that. Thanks for that introduction, Carmelina. Yes, so I was saying that there are a couple of other verses that back up Mm. what we read just before I read Exodus 34. Mm. So Ezekiel chapter 18, 23 and 32, easy to remember those two verses. Mm. God says, Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says Mm. the Lord, and not that they should turn from their ways and live? And then he answers it really for himself in verse 32, I have no pleasure in the death of the one that dies, says the Lord. Therefore turn and live. So that really gives me an outline of God's character. Mm. That links really well into this particular section in Exodus 34, where Moses wants to see God, uh, Mm. but God says, you can't see me and live. You just can't. Mm. We'll touch on that in a moment. And and he comes, and this is God's word to Moses saying, this is what I'm like. Mm. Now, God is holy, and that means God is pure and perfect, so he's not going to lie. The Lord said, this is in verse 6 of chapter 34 of Exodus, The Lord, the, um, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. If you want to know what that means, you go and read Ezekiel 18. It Mm. doesn't mean that he's punishing the children for the fathers and what they've done. Very clear in Ezekiel 18 that each person gets punished for their own disobedience, not for someone else's. So there's a bit more clarification if you dig a bit deeper, but we haven't got time to dig into that this Mm. morning. So he's saying that no matter what level of sin, so iniquity, Mm. transgression, and sin, there are three different kinds of sin. One's rebellion, one's making mistakes, and the other one is just making mistakes and Mm. breaking God's law when we don't even know how deep it is. Mm. He's saying no matter what level of sin, if we turn to him, he'll take it away because he's already paid the ultimate price for it. Mm. So because he's already paid the price, all I have to do is accept that he did it and give him my sin and follow? Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's, it's that simple. It really simple. is quite simple. <laughs> and and as I said before, God is not just loving and uh, love. He's not just love and loving. He's also mm. holy, which means he's completely without sin. Mm. Holy in the sense of God's attribute means pure and clean. So sin is so foreign to God that if it comes into his presence, it'll be consumed. Mm which is what will happen when Jesus returns in the clouds. He's coming with God. In in Matthew chapter uh, uh, 26, mm. uh, the, the, uh, he's been quizzed by the Jewish leaders and he says that he's coming at the right hand of the power, which means the right hand of God the Father. Mm. And anyone who's determined to live without a connection with Jesus and retains that sin... Uh, they'll have it remaining in them. So when God the Father comes 
and he, we're in his presence, the sin is consumed and anyone who's decided to live apart from God will be consumed with their own sin. I, I like to explain this like uh, light and dark. Mm. The Bible talks about Jesus being the light of the world. So if you have a completely dark room, you come home at night, none of the lights are on, you walk into the room, you turn the light on, where does the dark go? disappears. It doesn't just go out the window somewhere. <laughs> you know, it no. just disappears. Yeah. The light consumes the darkness. Mm. And that's that's what it's like when when God the Father comes into the presence of sin. He consumes it. It just disappears. Mm. So, um, is that how what happened with Lucifer and why he got tossed out? Of well, heaven or? Well, yeah, look, that's actually a good question. That's mm. a really good point. We're going to have to dig into that a little bit deeper into another program. But mm. it's one reason why yes. I believe God said to Lucifer, you can't be in heaven anymore because now you're, you're, mm. you're on the border of sin. So yeah. get out. Oh. Uh, because if he had a state, he would have been consumed. So mm. God showed his mercy, which is important, mm. that he was allowed to live on this earth and have time to display what kind of government he um, he, he actually was saying he wanted to run. Mm. So God is both love and loving, and I want to show that we can understand what love is really like by understanding the depths of what God went through to save us after mankind had messed up. Mm. But as I also just said, uh, God is holy, pure and clean. So how can we come into his presence if we'd be consumed when we did? That's because God is not just a single person as we understand a person, if you like. Mm. He's a triune unity of three beings. So Mm. let me explain that. Have you? I just want you to look at your hand for a moment. Okay. What what makes up your hand? Um, I've got four fingers and a thumb. Right. So five digits. Five digits. Yep. And I've got my palm. Yep. <laughs> and all right. the bones involved. <laughs> yeah, correct. So yeah. if you if you didn't have your fingers, yes. you wouldn't really have a hand, would you? No, not really. You know, and and if you cut off your fingers, the fingers on the ground wouldn't be a hand; they'd just be digits. Yes. Right, so you can't have your fingers, you can't have a hand without your fingers, and you can't have uh, uh, your fingers without a hand. You know, no. it's, um, they're combined, they're, they're mm. literally uh, integral with each other. Yes. So too, God is not God without the parts that make up who he is. Mm. All right, so the Bible clearly describes there's three parts. So if you, you, know, you grab your little finger by your thumb and you just hold your three fingers up, yes. you have three independent fingers but together they make a hand. They're integrally connected. And 1 John 5, 7 speaks about that. Let Mm. let me go quickly to 1 John 5, 7. I should have looked this up for you. I've got it Um, here if you'd like. You've got it? Would you like to read 1 John 5, 7? Absolutely. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Oh, three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit and these three are one. Perfect. Mm. Perfect. So from now on, I'm going to call it the triune Godhead. So okay. it talks about the Father, the Son, and, and the Spirit. Now, mm. John points out over and over that the Word is Jesus. Mm. If you read John chapter 1, 1 to 5, and then verse 14, you'll see very clearly that Jesus is this Word that he was talking about. So right there, John is saying that we have the Father, we have the Son and we have the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
So the Father, God the Father, this is the pure and holy part of the triune Godhead that Jesus describes him, Mm. is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Mm -hmm. That's in John 4.24. Jesus also describes him in Matthew 6.9 as the Father in heaven when he's teaching his disciples to pray. Mm. Our Father who art in heaven. At Jesus' baptism, there, there was a description uh, of God the Father as a voice from heaven. Mm. Okay, so Jesus is on the earth, he's being baptized by John, and a voice from heaven says, this is my son, mm. talking about Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. So we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it would seem that God keeps his distance from us, if you like, on purpose so as to not destroy us by his holiness. Mm. But if he does that, how can we ever see him? Well, this is achieved through the Son, God the Son. So in multiple places in the Bible, Jesus is referred to as the Son and also being God. So the title God the Son fits really well. Mm. But he's also described as the Son of God. And John was very careful in his gospel, his letters, and also in Revelation to equate Jesus with God. Mm. And um, I've mentioned John 1, 1 to 4 and 14. We Mm. haven't got time to read that today. Please read that. So throughout the Old Testament, Jesus also shows up and he's referred to as the angel of the Lord, not an angel. Mm. That's different. But where it says the angel of the Lord, that's talking about God the Son or Jesus as we know him. Mm. In one particular incident, they're told to come up to the Lord, but not come near the Lord. Really, really interesting. Mm. Um, but in Exodus 24, this is what happens. You'll have to read it yourself. Exodus mm. 24, 1 to 2 and 9 to 11, they're told to come up and they sit down. So Moses, um, Aaron, uh, Joshua, and about 70 of the other elders, they mm. sit down and they have a meal with God and they see God. Who do they see? Well, they can't see God the Father because they'd be consumed because of their sin. So they clearly see God the Son and Mm. they have a meal together with him. So Jesus is the Son of God in a covenant sense. And then you have God the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, he knew not long after that he'd be returning to heaven and there was much the disciples still needed to know. So he says he will send another one like me. And as Mm. we know from the Pentecost experience, the Holy Spirit came. But he wasn't uh, a being that you could see and witness, I guess, if you like. Mm. But he could be experienced as others came to understand what it was like as they experienced his supernatural acts lived out in their lives. Mm. So you're saying that each part of the Godhead has different purposes and roles. Yes, that's right. That's Mm. right. It's actually described very well um, by those who had a really close experience to him. You don't have 1 Peter 1, 2 there, do you? I think I do. Just one moment. Yes, I do. Let's read that. Right. Would you like to read that for me? Absolutely. Just get King James. All right. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in Mm -hmm. sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. So each of the parts of the triune Godhead there are explained together Mm. with a characteristic. Each has a separate role. But in those roles, God is universal and he can Mm. be in all places at all times. Absolutely. 
Well, we've got to go to a break. Um, I'm amazed at how you sped through all of that. Um, before the break, here is our book offer, Journey Through the Bible Part 2, From Psalms to Malachi. In the second volume of Journey Through the Bible, author Ken Wade continues the adventure through the rest of the Old Testament. Within these pages, you will find everything you need to grasp the central message of each Bible book and encouragement to help you to persevere through the portions that may seem obscure or difficult. Code is after the break. This next song is Give Me the Bible by Matt Minicus and Clint McCoy. Give me the Bible, star of gladness gleaming To cheer the wander, lone and tempest-tossed No storm can hide that peaceful radiance beaming Since Jesus came to seek and save the lost Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Give me the Bible when my heart is broken when sin and grief have filled my soul with fear Give me the precious words by Jesus spoken Hold up faith's lamp to show my Savior dear Give me the Bible, holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow Accept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day Steps enlightened Teach me the danger Of these realms below That lamp of safety O'er the gloom shall brighten That light alone The path of peace can show Give me the Bible Holy message shining Thy light shall guide me in the narrow way Precept and promise, law and love combining Till night shall vanish in eternal day In eternal day In eternal day You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM 
And this morning we have David Maxwell and we are talking about God, the universe and everything, part one. As promised before the um, break, we have our giveaway for this morning, Journey Through the Bible, part two, from Psalms to Malachi, written by Ken Wade. To claim this book this morning, um, text in the code LISTEN3. L-I-S-T-E-N and the number three, no spaces, text that in to 048-880-891. That is listen three, L-I-S-T-E-N and the number three, no spaces, text that in to 048-880-891. Don't miss out. Um, so... David, let's finish up for today. Um, before the break, we were explaining that one God is made up of three distinct persons, mm. Father, Son, and Spirit. So could you put it all together for us and why all of this like talks to us about the nature of God and why is it important? Yeah, look, that's a really good point. Mm. It, it's great to know all the information about God, but what good does it do if we can't apply it to our lives here and mm. now? You know, there were, I once knew a mother of a young man when I was in the Defence Force, and she ended up spending about 35 years of her life studying oh, all kinds wow. of different things, university, TAFE, and many other places of learning. Mm. And every time I spoke to him, it seemed like she was doing another course, oh, wow. <laughs> learning some other skill. Um, I'm sure she must have been one of the most skilled people I've ever known, but mm. I don't remember what jobs she ever did. Mm. Um, it's not much point learning all that information if you never apply it or put it into practice. Yeah. It's the same, the same for, tr- for God as well. Mm. Um, so that's the so what moment, if you like, that you yeah. just mentioned. God has the love and knowledge of a pure and perfect Father, and he lives in heaven, but there's more to God than just being a distant, benevolent being. Mm. It's very important that we know that. God is very personal. Mm. Through what we've already discovered, we can see that God became one of us. He put aside his power and his might, and he lived on this planet for a little over 30 years, accessing the power of God like you and I have to. Mm. He became one of us. He really did. And he was born like we're born. He was ex- he experienced the same things, but he didn't use the power of God for himself. Let me read about it in Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Mm. Paul is writing and he's writing to the Philippian church and he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, Mm. he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Mm. Really, really amazing, Mm. you know, that he faced life's challenges like you and I. Yeah. Uh, he came from a poor family. It was rumoured they had a shady past. You know, this is a young woman who has a child before they're married. This mm. is just, you know, terrible in their society. He he lived all his life with the stigma of, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> this like this place that's horrible. And every town I've lived in, there's been this place that people go, don't live there. It's mm. really, you know, low class. <laughs> Yeah. That's what Nazareth must have been life for mm. him. He didn't live the life of the rich and famous, although he could have, but rather he lived as a poor carpenter's son who had to work to make ends meet. So mm. he understood 
what it's like to really struggle in life. Mm. He got tired, he got frustrated, he got hungry, he faced unfair criticism and false innuendos. He, he struggled to find people who'd really believe in who he was and what he was here for, even amongst his disciples. It took him years to understand it fully. He was blamed for things he didn't do and things he hadn't said. He was beaten, hung to die on a Roman cross, and all because he didn't fit the mould that others had for him. Maybe you can relate there. Mm. Maybe not the hanging on the cross bit, but you know, maybe you can re- relate to some of the, the persecution, the, yeah. the, the mental persecution that you might have experienced in your life because people had different expectations for you. Mm. And he did all of this for you and I so that we could have a chance to live again once more beyond mm. this life. So bring you back to my opening illustration, the father I thought I knew. I didn't really know my father as well as I should have until, mm. you know, towards the end of his life and he was ready to depart. And it's a shame because both our lives, I think, could have been so much more richer if, we, uh, if, we, if I hadn't known more about him. Mm. And if you're hearing this presentation, then you have time to get to know God better too. Mm. I, I'm sure the real God of the Bible is one that if you took time to get to know, you'd find that you'd never want to be apart from him ever again. Mm. So why not get to know the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit so much better today so that when he does appear very soon, you'll recognize him and you'll be ready to spend eternity with him. Amen. Wow. Oh, well, thank you, David. That's, um, that's, I think you wrapped that up really well. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And of course, if you're listening this morning, um, thank you for listening. And, um, we hope that you've gained something from today's, um, program as well. Be sure to join us next week with David Maxwell. We have, um, on Are You Listening? God, the Universe and Everything Part 2. So mm. don't miss out. It's going to be focusing more on creation, I believe. Yeah, what yeah. God has created mm. and why he's created it like that. Mm, absolutely. Don't forget to join us tomorrow. We have Donna Shepherd and myself, and we'll be talking about It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Mm, That's a, that sounds good. Yeah, it's a new Connecting the Dots episode, so be sure to tune in for that as well. Also a reminder of our giveaway. A few people have been um, claiming it, so that's exciting. We love that you guys are claiming our free books today. Um, for those who still want to, I'm sure there's a few left. Journey Through the Bible Part 2 from Psalms to Malachi. Um, text in LISTEN3, L-I-S-T-E-N, and the number 3 to 04-88-880-891. This last song is Happy Are Those, based on Psalms 119 by the Psalms Project. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, and don't forget, God is talking, but are we listening? Have a great day. Thanks.
perfect 